Welcome to PR After Hours, your twice-weekly cocktail of business, PR, and marketing tips hosted by me, Alex Greenwood. Every week, we bring you virtual happy hours featuring business advice from entrepreneurs and leading thinkers in PR, marketing, and business. We're going to get started in just a moment, so stick with us. Hi, this is Angelo Ponzi, the host of the Business Growth Cafe podcast, and you're listening to PR After Hours. Okay, so a few years ago, listeners, I had this great, what I thought was a really great idea for um, a new website and a new new concept and some things I thought I was going to do to work with side hustles. And I was going to develop an app and do all this stuff. And I was like, this is going to be insane. I want to go ahead and and like, you know, uh, trademark it. I want to get it protected. It's going to be a great idea. So what did I do? I, I had a friend who knew somebody who was an IP attorney and this was a really good experience for me uh, for me for three different reasons one um, i could find an ip attorney i think a lot of people don't even know what an ip attorney is and hang on hold hold the line if you don't know what one is second of all this ip attorney just spoke with me and listened and heard me out and and just listen free of charge and then the third thing this ip attorney did for me is she told me don't do this. Don't spend the money on this. It's a terrible, she didn't say it was a terrible idea, but it, in retrospect, she was trying gently to say no. Um, so you know what? I thought it would be so great based on that experience alone as a small business person and as a consultant uh, who deals with a lot of clients, you have a lot of interesting intellectual property things come up that we speak with an actual living, breathing IP attorney. And boy, are we in luck. Today, we're going to speak with Devin Miller. Devin has his, his own firm. He's in Utah. He's got a lot going on. And Devin, I'm going to stop talking because I want to hear from you. Welcome to the show. Hey, it's great to be living and breathing and I'm uh, excited to be on the show. So do you get calls like that every now and then from from excited people and then you have to talk them off the ledge a little bit? Yeah, usually. Yes, to a degree. Usually it's I got a great idea and I want to get this patents and trademarks and copyrights. We've got to protect it. And then I say, Definitely happy to help. And we walk through a little bit about, you know, what a patent and trademark uh, copyright is. And then we start to get to the part where now this is what it costs. And I'm like, oh, well, maybe I should put a little bit more time and effort. And that's what I would recommend to them is put a little bit more time and effort before you just dive right to I've got to go spend a whole bunch of money because you want to kind of as the other attorney pointed out, make sure it's a good idea and worthwhile to proceed forward and invest before you just go through that. So in, in different forms and fashions, yeah, you get people in and I'm the same way. I have a ton of ideas. I've done a, or several startups and small businesses in addition to the law firm. And I love startups and small businesses. But just because you have a lot of ideas that are exciting at the time, you need to do the a little bit more review before you dive into it. Well, it's so great to talk to someone like yourself who's kind of that steady hand, who's been around the block, and you're clearly not just in it to, to cash a check. I mean, I've had to speak to attorneys for other matters, um, you know, something as simple as a contract review. I even asked a buddy who was an attorney to review a contract for me. I just said, would you just look at this and let me know if, if, you, if, if um, I need your services? Well, he took the contract and he completely reworked the contract, turned it back to me and handed me a bill for $3,000. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, we're not that's anymore. usually the question that attorneys hate us like can you just take a few minutes to look over this and we're like well you know if we take a few minutes 
you're not going to get much. And then we're on the line that you're going to come back and say, well, why didn't you catch this or tell me about it? So it's either kind of that black and white where either we do a good job, but we have to spend more than that few minutes or we say, well, you probably, I don't know that we can do it in a few minutes. Right. And that's fair. I just meant to, for him as a buddy, you know, we, you know, we it just, <laughs> can you just glance at it and say, does this look on the up and up to me? Or do you think I need you to pay you to give it the full thing instead of getting back to me and going, yeah, I think you need to hire me. He just did it and then sent me a bill. And I was like, Oh, oh okay. Well, okay. I thank you. I think. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah that, that's what I meant. Yeah, but, but I totally with you. I mean, you can't, you know, poor, you poor attorneys, it's like doctors, right? I mean, doctors have to deal with, I have this pain. And the doctor's thinking silently, I have a pain too. And it's uh, <laughs> not what you think. Um, so I totally get that. And um, it's funny because I actually had to call an attorney about something else, another attorney friend, a different attorney friend. But mm -hmm. he does the consultation anyway, you know, the free consultation. So he was happy to hear me out about something and it was great so i think i just guess i'm going off here or to the side for a second here down an alley but i just want everybody listening to know you know attorneys aside from all the attorney jokes you hear generally great people who are just just want to help you know and that's what i get when i look into what you're doing Devin. what i love about miller ip law is that um you really do seem to have a passion for just one being a regular Joe, like you have this great video and it's you, you're in a comfortable shirt, you're at your desk. You're like, look, we don't have fancy offices. We have a good place where we can work, but we're here to help people out. And I just love that approach. And I was just curious, do you think you're uh, unusual in that regard? I'm probably unusual in a whole bunch of regards, but yeah, in that regard, I mean, for me, it, my passion, and this goes all the way back to undergraduate and graduate, has always been I love startups and I like the law. I love the law. So there's always been those kind of two things. And so, you know, the thing I didn't like from when I, you know, I get the legal side and they, there's a ton of attorneys that are great at the legal side, but they just don't have any business. And nor do they want to be business people. They don't go into the law to be business people, but then it reflects into usually they wear suits and ties, they're in huge offices, they're not very approachable, they're not they're very helpful in answering questions, and they'll do a great job on the legal side. But it, from a business side, you're saying, I need more than just, hey, do this legal thing. I also need to understand it. I want to get to know you. I want to be able to trust you. And that's where I think that where we tend to shine because I take it from the approach of, hey, I've been on the other side of the table. I've worked, I've been a startup and small business. I've worked with other attorneys and other services. And sometimes I do a great job. And a lot of times the customer service is terrible. And so I like to kind of say, hey, we will provide, you know, I worked for the top 100 law firm. I've worked with big names, you know, Amazon and Intel and Ford and Intel or, and Red Hat and others. And I'm saying, I want to take that same thing that we provided with them, but make it on an approachable level. So startups and small businesses can feel comfortable and get the same level of representation. So probably in that regard, we're a little bit different. And I think we're different in a good way. I think you're different too. And uh, don't, 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 uh, don't hang up yet. Here's where I think you're different. <laughs> You have, okay, not only are you, do you have your law degree and you have great experience in the law, but you have a master's in business administration. You even have degrees in electrical engineering and Mandarin Chinese. <laughs> That's right. Yep. Um, those, I, I assume those things come in handy to a degree. Yeah. You know, 
three of the four and Chinese, I wish came in more in handy. I would love to use it in reality. You know, people ask me, oh, are you going to use that? I'm like, you know, I don't do a ton in China. I would love to if somebody comes along and it can make some connections. I just haven't. Um, but, you know, the Chinese came from I served a religion, mis religious mission for my church in Taiwan. I picked up the Chinese language while I was there, came back, decided I'd throw it on as a second degree as I was doing electrical engineering. But beyond that, yeah, the, it's nice to have the technical understanding, the business understanding and the legal understanding kind with those three degrees um, and also to have a bit of the international understanding with the Chinese because then it gives me ability not just to be the lawyer that you know I can say hey you know what is a patent a patent is the ability to stop others from making producing blah blah and it, you're always start to glaze over but it's more hey why do you want a patent what does it make why does it make sense to you why does it make sense does it fit within your core competency of your business do you does it provide value to you what does investors look for what do angel investors look for if you're going to be licensing or acquisition and it can answer all those questions which is really at the heart of a lot of questions because People don't just give patents for fun. It's because it's useful to their business. And yet, if you don't have the business background or you don't ever think about it, it you don't ever help them out in the places they need most. Fantastic. And, and if you if you don't mind, I, I pride myself on asking kind of unusual questions. And this just popped in my mind as I'm hearing what you're saying um, about China in particular and patents. Uh, listen, I got a buddy who works in product management and he tells me straight up, the Chinese, they have a bad reputation in a lot of ways for uh, maybe being a little little nefarious about lifting uh, people's ideas and redoing them there cheaply. Um, do the Chinese, first of all, in your experiences that is that something that's a that's a known truth in, to a degree, or uh, and if so, uh, do, is there an issue with the Chinese respecting American patents? I think all of the above. <laughs> oh wow. They they have they are getting better, and I'll, I'll give them that. You know, if I were to look at the progression of most countries, you know, U.S. It had an advantage in the sense that it was almost set up from inception of, hey, I own what whatever I create, I own it, and I want to protect it. And it was it was really set up, I think, from inception very well, at least from the patent perspective. And you had even some of the founding fathers that Benjamin Franklin was, you know, had a lot of patents in that, and yeah, you had yeah. that system set well. Now, if you go outside of the U.S., it varies a bit more. And in the sense, if you were to take China for a long period of time, their idea of, you know, of, of an invention was you can't own an idea. You can't own an invention. It's everybody. It's a, a property of everybody. Everybody can use it. Everybody can build on it. Everybody can uh, compete with it. And so that idea was ingrained in the culture for a long period of time. And I understand the genesis and I'm not faulting it. The problem was, is when they got onto the international stage and people are saying, well, we want to maybe sell in China, we want to manufacture in China, and we want to do other things because you're a big economy, but we also don't want you to just come in and copy everything you do. And then we have a whole bunch of competitors that we are, are undercutting us on price and, you know, and knocking our things off. And so China is kind of going through those birthing pains of having to transition the mindset from you can't own an idea and everybody can use it to, hey, there, you have to respect intellectual property if you want to play on the world stage. And so for a long time, it was a wild west. It still is to a degree the wild west, but they are making, I think, reasonable steps forward to transition to be more, uh, to be a better player on that stage. Now, they're far from perfect, but they are making, are making inroads. Well, Devin, I appreciate your answer to that because, frankly, I had not thought about it being a cultural issue. Yeah, and, I, and it's just like the U.S. You know, U.S. are saying, "Hey, if I have this pro, if I purchase this property, I do, I own it, and people better not trespass on my property because I." And that's kind of the mindset. And so I think that you know, taking a step back and not just saying, "Well, China's just not a good player," but looking at the mindset helps you at least understand. Now, 
you still have to protect yourself. You still want to make sure you set up your business well, but at least it gives you understanding the mindset and helps you better to approach it. Devin, can you do me a favor and for our listeners, and let's just assume, well, I am, I am a small business person. Why don't you, if you don't mind, treat me as if I'm a potential client coming in the door. Maybe I've got, give me kind of a scenario how it works. So if I, let's say I'm actually a small business person who does has IP I need to protect. Can you walk us through your process about that? Absolutely. Yeah, no. Um, I mean, if I were to do it and every situation is variable, but it goes something along the lines of a lot of people come in and they don't, they know that they have something that they think is valuable for the business and they, maybe they watch Shark Tank or a friend told them, or they heard on the radio that they probably should protect it and they need intellectual property. And that's the, about the extent of the knowledge. If you're, if, if you're less familiar or experienced with it. And so a lot of the first conversations are one, we'll go over what does intellectual property include? And so, you know, it's a very general sense. It includes patents, trademarks, copyrights. Patents go towards invention, something that is, you know, that has a functionality, utility, it does something. That's a patent and you can protect it via patent. A trademark is more for the branding of the business. And so that's going to be more of a name of a company, name of a product, a logo, a catchphrase, those type of things are for trademarks. And copyrights are going to be more for um, creative. So a photo, a picture, a book, a podcast, a video, a, you know, something along a sculpture, a painting, those type of things. And so what the first thing is probably to get a, you know, trying to set it up is to get a foundational understanding. Here are the different things that avenues that you can protect your business and then take a step back and say, now with that in mind, where do you see the core of your business? In other words, you know, are you a, hey, we don't have a, we don't create a whole bunch of unique things, but we have great customer service or we're great at marketing or, you know, we have a great brand. And in that case, you don't need a patent because you're not creating something, but you definitely want a trademark to protect the brand that you're building and all the money you're investing in marketing and sales and everything else. Vice versa, you may be saying, hey, we are a startup. We have the world's best idea for the next iPhone and it's going to knock the socks off of everybody. And we're a technology company. Then it's saying, okay, you want to, you want to get a patent to protect your invention. So it's really kind of, understanding what are the avenues and then lining it up with what the business is and then kind of the conversation evolves from there based on the business of what based on what your value is then what should you where are you at in your business and what you should be or be considering to protect it so we're looking at a process though let's say we're in the door let's make it like like what i was going to do i had this idea and i wanted to trademark a a brand name and and a tagline and that's i assume that's a lot simpler obviously uh, it's a trademark. So you got to do what do you got to do? You got to do a search, right? You got to look and make sure nobody else has done that, right? Uh, what else do you have to do? And t- give us an idea a little bit about how that works. Yeah. So taking the trademarks and then, well, and just, you know, backing up, you don't have to do a search. Now, I would highly recommend it. But, you know, one of the things that everybody assumes, well, I have to do a search to see if everybody, and I, I do recommend it. So don't, I don't want everybody to walk away saying, oh, I don't need to do a search. But, you know, the other thing I always look at is you need to match what, you, what your budgets are with where the business is at. In other words, you know, as an example, if we were to start out, we could do a search. Our flat fee is $500. It takes about a week to two weeks to get the results. Based on the results, we will, you know, we schedule a call with you. We would actually walk through the results and say, here's what we're seeing. You know, this is not a guarantee, but if, you know, if I was in your shoes type of a thing, here's what I'd be thinking about and if, whether or not I would move forward or if you'd want to adjust the brand and that. And then based on that, we'd prepare a, a trademark application. And that usually is, takes a couple of weeks and is um, around 850 for the flat fee, depending on how many classes you're doing. 
that would be kind of the quick or the short process. But the, the thing that you also want to look at is what is your budget throughout the process? In other words, if you're saying, hey, we are bootstrapped, we are a startup, we have very little funds and we're trying to decide, do we do a trademark? Do we pay you make payroll? Do we do, you know, a do we do marketing and sales? Do we get an office building? Do we do inventory? And you got a whole bunch of demands. Then you're going to say, OK, maybe we do need a trademark. But we'd rather, you know, a search would be awesome. Our budgets don't allow. So that's why we always, you know, we split out whether you do a search or whether you just go straight for the trademark application. Same thing on the patent side, whether you do a patent search or just go to or straight to an application, because sometimes your budgets don't allow for both. And then you're triaging as to what is the most important to get started with. If budgets allow, then that would be kind of the, the process that I just walked through. Oh, that's great. That's wonderful too. And I, again, that's where your, <laughs> where your, uh, your foundation is showing a little bit there because you understand what it's like for a small business. And that was part of, that was actually part of the calculus as well. When I was uh, talking to an IP attorney about my brilliant idea that wasn't really brilliant. Um, <laughs> she said, look, man, that's, I get it. And she says, but I'm telling you, it's probably best that you focus on this and this. And I said, okay, but she, she of course left the door open. She said, look, I'll do it, but I'm just telling you, you probably are not going to be thrilled with the uh, the end result, which was great. And I I I, I see that with what you're doing too. Um, now, tell us a little bit about your practice. It's not just you, right? No, I've got myself. I've got about uh, five other attorneys and a couple just uh, contract attorneys as well. Um, so back or backing up as to how I started the practice. So I've been an attorney coming up for on about 10 years for, as I mentioned, for about the first six or, you know, six and a half years of my, um, of my legal career, I was doing startups and small businesses as a second, you know, second full-time career. Everybody says side hustle. I always think that they're just another career, but, um, you know, because they take as much time. I was probably spending 50 hours in turning and 50 hours on my startups. And so I was, I was hardly ever sleeping, but I was having a great time at it. That was an aside. But when I was doing it, I was working for the big, you know, big law firm, big name clients. And I was really looking to say, I want to do startups and small businesses. That's where I even find the most enjoyment. That's really where my heart is. And that's where I want to focus. And so we started, I started Miller IP Law about three, three and a half years ago. Um, and it was really just me. I had one paralegal that I had a great relationship with that followed me along. And uh, that was about it. And so, you know, that was where we started out. And it was just kind of, you know, idea of hanging your shingle and getting your own thing. Now I had some clients that followed me along. I wasn't starting from scratch, um, which made it nice, but then it was kind of a slow building of it and building, you know, getting the website up and going, getting our content up and going, finding how we reach new clients and then bringing on attorneys as we grow. And so it's kind of been that slow evolution, but over, you know, over that time, we've now brought on, I think we're up to five attorneys and a couple, you know, part-time contract attorneys, but then it's also expanded the services. So, you know, my, my, my area of expertise is patents, trademarks, copyrights. We've also built on or done some other things with, you know, business related law. We have one attorney that's on the litigation side. So if you need to enforce it, that we can also not just get you the trademark or the patent or that, but actually go out and enforce it against someone else. And it's kind of been that slow evolution. I'll give it, you didn't ask the question, but I'll give one other side. One of the things I'm excited about that we recently offered as well, and it's kind of fits along with the focus of the firm, is we also offered kind of a DIY legal option. It's, you know, I just say legal zoom only. Legal you're not going to, I'm sorry to interrupt you. You're not going to believe this, but I'm, I'm literally my next question because I'm looking at your website right now and I'm, <laughs> I'm very excited about this. Please, I'm sorry to interrupt. I had to tell you that. Go ahead. 
Yeah, no, and I, I'm excited about it. So I'm glad that there's somebody else besides me is excited about it. But you know what, where I found it is, you know, when we have somebody come through our door, I, you know, I still highly recommend an attorney and it's, it's the best, you know, the best option if you can afford it. But I also felt like a lot of times we're having clients that were just early enough stage that really they probably needed something because they had a brand that they were developing or they had an invention that they were going to spend a lot of time, money and effort or they already have but they weren't in a position to use our services yet. And so I was looking to say, well, you know, what can we do to offer them a alternative? Now, it's not gonna be as good as attorney, but we wanna have them a reasonable alternative that they're not just kind of left in the dust and nothing to do. And because we're looking to help startups and small businesses. So with that in mind, they're really saying, well, you know, they're, uh, legal zoom out there there are rocket there are rocket lawyers out there some of them that kind of offer diy option i look at them saying every time i see those applications or that that work you know no slight against them we're always correcting it and fixing it it doesn't do a good job and it usually usually i'm like you're almost better just to not do it because it, it gives you it makes it worse than if you hadn't done it but i think they had a kernel of a good idea and so that was really where what we call snap legal which is a diy legal option where we you know we integrate videos we you know we have much more content and training and helping them along we offer them an, an opportunity to spend an hour with an attorney to not or not do the full work but to review through it and give them some guidance and ideas and we kind of said you know what are the options that we can provide so that if you're aren't able to uh, provide an attorney or afford an attorney that you can still have, you know, have something that's a reasonable option as an alternative as your business grows. Now, I recommend, you know, if you're starting out there and your business grows and starts to do better, I would still have an attorney do it because an attorney is more experienced. One other thought, you know, the other question I usually get is, well, yeah, but, you know, which one's better? If it, you have the DIY option, why should I ever do, you know, ever use an attorney? <laughs> and the best way I can, you know, explain it is, is, is kind of like if you were to, needs shelter over your head. In other words, you're saying, okay, I got, I'm out in the wilderness and I need shelter. Well, you know, I could probably without a lot of instruction, go and pitch a tent. You know, I could, I could do a lean to against a tree or I could pitch a tent. It is technically shelter. It's not very comfortable. It doesn't do a good job. It's not very durable, but it's something. And that's kind of where a lot of the, you know, people start out with all this figured out myself and the DIY legal option, you know, on the, on the other hand, you have, now you can have some, a builder come out and they can pour the foundation. They can do the, you know, the insulation, they can make it comfortable and have air conditioning. And that's kind of your attorney. You have a higher professional that's experienced in house building or in our case, in intellectual property building. And that's kind of the attorney option. And then th this one kind of comes in between and saying okay it's not leaving it on your own it's not having an attorney do it to you but if you could say you know now let's say if you could take you know videos and you had content and ability to come up to speed that you could do it yourself it'd be kind of like building your own house but having some guidance a how-to book of how to do it and it gets you that much closer so it kind of bridges a gap and, and provides an alternative option for those that maybe can't afford attorneys now but need to have something that's reasonable in place I think a lot of attorneys leave money on the table by not doing this. You know, um, I love your analogy. I, I, I think some uh, some shelters better than none when you've got a storm. Um, yep. I'm looking at this. You've got everything from a social media takedown, which, uh, by the way, I'm looking at this as a PR and crisis communication consultant. Got that hat on now. I'm looking at some of these things that a lot of my clients could benefit from. Uh, you got a website takedown, social media takedown, a business will. Um, NDA. <laughs> oh my goodness. In independent contractor agreements, cease and desist. I mean, there's a lot of great stuff here. And folks, if you're a small business person, you really owe it to yourself to check it out. It's over at Miller. Uh, 
it's it's at milleripl.com that's right and there'll be a link in the show notes Devin, in the last minute or two here i'm gonna stop yapping and let you have the last word but if you could just maybe offer one last piece of advice to listeners about why they should give you a call or or give their local ip attorney but preferably you a call about some of these things yeah and one note on that is we have we have more clients outside i've been located in utah we have more clients across the u.s outside of utah than in so the nice thing about or a lot of the work we do is it's on the federal level so we love working with all businesses across the country not just in our local place now to answer your question, you know, if I were to give one takeaway, one thing, if I was a business to get started is get a plan and a strategy in place. Now, I'll give that the caveat. Plans always go out the window as you're getting going. You always have to pivot. You always have to adjust. But, you know, the thing that I found is, is you, in the early stages, you need to convince yourself that this is a good idea, that it's worthwhile. And then and then part of the way that you convince yourself is, okay, you know, what is the market? What is the, what is, how are we going to build this? What is it going to cost us? What's proprietary about us? What or how are we going to protect that? And then you get that strategy and that plan in place so that as things evolve, you can at least, at least you convince yourself that this is all worth it, that the investment and the time and the effort is going to make sense. And so that's probably my biggest takeaway. And on the legal side, if they're looking to, you know, reach out and they want to talk and they want, and kind of like you, you want to talk to an, a friend or an attorney, but you don't want to have to spend the, a, an exorbitant amount of money to just have them tell you, we can't help you type of a thing. We offer strategy meetings as well, where we'll sit down, you can grab some time on the calendar, we um, sit down, don't charge anything and just answer your questions. So you have at least that strategy in place. Easiest way to do that, you can just go to strategymeeting.com. That links right to my calendar. You can set aside some time. We can chat. We can do it via Zoom. We can do it via phone. Do it via the um, via in, in person or at the office, whatever works, and uh, make sure to have that conversation. So get a strategy in place. If we can help, you can go to strategymeeting.com. If not, talk with somebody you trust because either way, that's, that's the best thing I could uh, recommend. Yeah, Devin's great. And don't forget also, and there'll be links in the show notes again, uh, the inventive journey real quick, 30 second pitch on that one, Devin. So the inventive journey, I don't, 30 seconds is hard. Now I'm wasting half my 30 seconds. <laughs> 30 seconds. Um, it's, it's a podcast is set up to tell the journeys of how different people got to where they're at today. It's founders, co-founders, and people of that nature. And really, it was talking with a lot of startups and small businesses, founders and co-founders, everybody's saying, oh, this is a lonely journey. Can't talk to anybody. Nobody knows what I'm going like because I'm having to be the HR. I'm having to be product development, marketing, sales, the janitor, hiring and firing, and everything else. And nobody gets it. And so it was kind of that genesis of telling the story of first how people got to or where they're at today. And you can kind of hear in the story hey, their journey is like mine, or they, you know, they have other trials, or it wasn't just a, I went and got an MBA, and I started a multi-million dollar business, but no, it took a while, and it kind of tells that journey of a whole bunch of different founders and co-founders, how they got to where they're at today, and what they're doing today, so it's a, it's just a fun conversation. Devin Miller, Devin Miller with Miller IP Law, this has been an eye-opener, and I'm glad you answered my question for me about, you know, if I'm not in Utah, can I still hire you? Which apparently, obviously, I can. And I can definitely look into this DIY legal stuff, which, yeah, I'll definitely be looking into. Devin Miller, welcome. Uh, welcome. Thank you for uh, telling us more about you. Oh, boy, I need uh, I need some intervention here today. Thank you so much for joining us here in the virtual lounge. Absolutely. I appreciate you having me on. It was a great conversation. Oh, you know what that means? Looks like it's last call here at your virtual lounge for PR news views and interviews. Don't forget, you can ask me a question anytime. You can do it through our Twitter account, which is at ours PR, or 
Even better, you can send me a message vocally. I would love to hear your voice, and I'll answer it on the show. There's a link in the show notes. All you have to do is sign up through Anchor FM. It's free, doesn't take long, and you record your message. I get the message. I will play your audio. Just give me your first name and the city you live in, and then I will answer the question to the best of my ability right here on the show. Don't forget to, if you're enjoying this podcast, you can support it and help increase the frequency and value of the show. Just consider being a sponsor for your brand or your agency or just yourself because you're like, I like this show. Or just drop a few coins in the virtual tip jar. Either way, there's links in the show notes. Please check that out. All of that, of course, being in the show notes where you're listening right now or at PRAfterHours.com. I see that they're turning up the lights. Last call is over and I've got to clean up this virtual lounge and Until next time, I'm Alex Greenwood, and you've been listening to PR After Hours on Anchor FM.